Då det blir det bra. Det för den här snurra på i snart två minuter nu min. Welcome to a very special midsummer edition of Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric. That's right, Eric is here. Henrik is with us, as per usual. Yeah. And me, Jonathan. But also a special guest, you will bring with us today from our uh, favorite Swedish Maiden podcast, Maiden Podden. Hi, how's it going? Good to be here. Yeah, it's good, right? We are in the middle of the summer, uh, kind of, right? Or we're approaching midsummer, which is, uh, I don't know, yeah. is that a common, is the common knowledge what that's all about? I suppose it is. I think a lot of people saw the movie and sort of the movie that came out. Yeah, of but that one is about sky. tripping on acid and hanging out with yeah, sects. <laughs> That's not exactly what Midsummer is about. But we do keep. No. We have the pagan name for it, right? Midsummer, because over in Finland they Christianized it. It's Johannes there. I think. Oh yeah, that's true. That's right? true. So it's, it's one of those pagan remains. We have Christmas. We don't call it Christmas. We call it Jul hmm. in Sweden. So we we stuck to some of those, at least the names. But that's not. I mean, today it's a normal family type holiday. Yeah, uh, unless you're made in A to Z, because then it's uh, Midsummer Massacre. Exactly, there you go. Which is actually quite weird that Steve hasn't written a song about the history of Midsummer yet. Maybe hard to find a cool title. Yeah, well, you know, he can. It's going to be Midsummer, and it's going to be based on the movie. Could you sh- <laughs> yeah. could you only shout the title in the chorus? Yeah, yeah. Midsummer. Yeah, just, just Midsummer. Maybe mm. something like that. That could work. Yeah, something yeah. slow, throwing, throwing witches down cliffs and stuff like that. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the closest we have is with Wicker Man. That's yeah. the closest. You can envision mm. that if you're a Maiden fan and know zero about the Nordic Midsummer. It looks like the Wicker Man, sort of. Mm. Less fire, less lynch mobs. But we are and dancing. Less, and less Wicker Man. Wicker, but we do have the pole. Like We're dancing around the phallic pole. Yeah, it's not, made, it's not made of wicker, though. No, it's, it's just no a, leaf. Like it's not, and it's not a man. <laughs> right. I mean, depending what you kind of, you know, sure. Yeah, but. Well... <laughs> Despite all this, we wanted to try to have a midsummer celebration. This airs on on the on the right date, twenty fifth of, yeah. of June, this year, and uh, maybe a little bit of a Nordic theme. I think today it was uh, suggested by our guest here. You will. Uh, I know that you have done in Swedish like a pretty comprehensive Nordic Nordic maiden uh, journey or journal, perhaps. Yeah, and everything tends to sort of go around the Scandinavia and the Nordic countries. Finland is always the odd one out when counting Scandinavia. So, you know, as we have listeners mostly yeah. mostly in, in Sweden, Denmark, Norway and Finland to some extent as well. So the list and, you know, about where sa- album sales and so on. So that's kind of been our thing. And just now before logging on here to see you guys, I watched finally watched Hendrix. Uh, going through all the venues in mm-hmm. Stockholm where the band have played uh, oh, ever, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah from uh, eighty to two thousand eighteen. So from uh, uh, what would that be? Inkjade, was it? No, it was Eric Stalshallen with with Kiss in nineteen eighty, and all the way up until till it two, not far away from there. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time I saw them, and one of the few last times anyone saw the band for that matter. Yeah, 
No, but they did tour all 2019. Yeah, but still, you know, one of the last times. Mm-hmm. Right, 150 enough, last or something like that. You, well, you saw them a bit later. You went over to LA to see them, right? And yeah. You did some podding. And, and to Vegas as well. So, yeah, it was a good kind of semi-fresh memory for them. But Managed but to meet Derek Riggs. Not only meet him, actually interview him and record it. We did that, yeah. We did yeah. that. It was good. Quite a and For our international listeners, I could give you the timestamp because that's in English. Mm, of course, yeah. That part. Yeah, we tried yeah, not to many it, people yeah. get to meet Derek, actually. I had fun over his laughter that is still the same maniacal backwards. <laughs> yeah, he's a peculiar man, I have to say. Yes. Mm. You know, he knows his position in, in the world and especially within the Maiden family. And kind of, you know, he, yeah, he, he's, he's British, let's put it like that. Yeah, right. right. And not maybe, not maybe in the polite way. If you're not, <laughs> if, if you're not Swedish speaker... Maiden Foden is probably not something you're familiar with, but Maiden A to C, I don't think would have existed otherwise. I knew Eric. Oh, de- definitely, definitely not. I knew not Eric. Not about um, them, no. We're from the same city. I knew him, uh, but I didn't know there was that big a Maiden fan until he was a call-in character, you know. <laughs> oh, that's right, <laughs> yeah. 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 In yeah, one of right. your episodes, uh, reciting a memory that we're going to save for later. That's good content. Yeah. But uh, uh, that's, and then I realized, okay, I have someone that I can do this with because I didn't want to do it alone. That's because of you guys. So thanks. Thank you. Yeah, hundred percent. We we would not be here doing this if it weren't if it weren't for that that podcast. I don't think that's good. Yeah. So there cannot be too many maiden podcasts. You know. We, no. No, definitely not. No. Yeah. And we're also. Sure I don't know if we inspired, but there's a Finnish one as well. Started. All right. That's quite. Yeah. Are, it, are you it's a okay. Yeah, I do. I, I tend to listen to it. Uh, Occasional listener. Maybe. No, almost Very every okay. episode. Yeah, but that's right. a l- yeah. Well, you know they can talk about Steve Harris's base for fifteen episodes almost. So it's oh, okay, so they're worse than us. Even even nerdier than us, maybe. Yeah, worse. yeah. It's kind of you know. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But that's all right. You know, every every maiden podcast needs to find its own little shelf. Yeah, in, in what they're doing. And of course, yeah. yours had the the Nordic perspective, which is on theme for today because it's an important one. It's been mentioned by the band. You know, not only Hello Cleveland, uh, this is the best crowd every night, but I mean especially mentioned. And I noticed in Henrik's review there of the, of the venues in Stockholm that the 2000 gig, according to you guys, were their biggest headline show to that date. By that time, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. No, I, I wasn't even aware of it at the time, I think. It was just afterwards when we started to realize and adding up numbers and saying, well, this must actually be the biggest one. Yeah. And I mean, we would be amiss if we didn't get the presentation of Joel, actually. We know who he is. We listen to his podcast for hours and hours, but not everyone does, right? So you, you should give your lowdown on how you got into into Maiden and maybe how it developed all the way up until doing a Maiden podcast yourself. Yeah, well, um, it all started off when I'm doing it together with my younger brother, but we have an older brother as well, so he got to borrow Brave New World from his friend. And, uh, well, I, I kind of looked at the, the cover and just thought that, what the hell is this? This is so cool. Uh, so I stole the, the CD that he borrowed from a friend, and uh, obviously he never gave it back. And I started listening to it, and I was kind of brought in. My musical background was from classical, but I was kind of wanted to play rock all the time. So that was kind of a combination, especially as you know, Brave New World is it's got a lot of symphonic elements onto it, and and the melodics and stuff like that. So I I, I like that the long songs. And, and that's kind of how it all started. Then I then I moved to Australia for a year to, to, to be a, an exchange student. 
And I started, you know, buying all the CDs I could find in the record store. I think actually Virtual Eleven was one of the, or Elevens, as we tend to call it in our <laughs> podcast, was one of the first uh, CDs I ever bought. And I thought, what the fuck is this? Uh, and then I got peace of mind, I think, as my third CD, which, ah, now mm -hmm. this is really good, kind of, you know, because that yeah. was Bruce Dickinson. That album has that effect sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, before, <laughs> <laughs> before that, actually, I bought The Best of the Beast as well. So, but then, you know, that was before I knew anything. So I was kind of, you know, Bruce sounds a little off hair when it comes to yeah. some of the songs. And uh, yeah, well. It's like guys listening to Burn by Deep Purple and Ian Gillen has changed his voice. Yeah, He's yeah, two yeah. people now. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> And from there on out, so that was about, you know, early 2000, so the CD was already out and the, the, the Metal 2000 tour was already toured. So my first first time to go and watch them while live was the Gimme Ed Till I'm Dead world tour, so the mm, best yeah. of tour after Brave New World. And ever since, watched them live, of course, in, in That Finland, could possibly mainly. be the first time we were in the same, not room, but locale at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw all them four in, of us, perhaps. However, in Finland then. Uh, so ah, that was Finland. Okay. Yeah, that was Finland. Yeah, because you moved to Stockholm uh, not that long ago. Or no, maybe. my first concert in Stockholm was the Made in England revisited tour in 2013 oh, okay. or whenever that was. Yeah, yeah then I, I was there. I was there. Standing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, mm. because standing, it sounded okay to me. I've yeah, heard from seaters that it was terrible. Mm. That it was almost throwout value. No, I think know? people yeah. even, but you know, some actually got their money back for the ticket. Yep. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, it was a difficult venue. Yeah. Imagine that, you know, you get to watch Maiden and still get your money back. Right. That's not too right. bad. But you watch from the worst seats. I yeah, think. yeah, <laughs> but you get to see Bruce running around and all of that. Yeah. Your brother there, he had a parallel Maiden, uh, finding out about Maiden and listening to Maiden. Did you keep it from each other or did you do it together? No, Getting because that was the, the age when I wanted to grow up as a man. And he was just a small, you know, spoiled. He was, he was the youngest kid of three. And you know how, yeah. how the third kid is always the Sladis, spoiled, spoiled we say one. Sladis is when you're way younger than your, your, your uh, exactly, siblings. Yeah. So, I am too, and I'm also spoiled, so I yeah, know this. Exactly. So, so therefore, he kind of kept it away from me. But then, you know, because I would have gotten angry at him if I would have mm. known about him listening, you know, just copying my, my type of music. But, right, but, right. You so know, there was some competition, brotherly competition. It was, yeah, of course. He needed to yeah. find his own, you know, whatever he wanted to listen to. But I, I had my maid and that was supposed to be my thing. But then, of course, you know, as he was growing up, then it was kind of, yeah, well, nice. You know, there was, once you grew out of that, you know, mine is mine and yours is yours, it's, it's kind of nice to see that this is ours. We didn't talk that much about identity here, but it's, it's also a huge part of coming into a band. When you, when you find this kind of your, your own little shelf. For yeah. me, it was that I didn't really find the sports guys, my people, when I started sixth grade. Mm. But also the nerds were a bit off for me, even though I'm a huge nerd, we know now. But the music stuff, that was like the, the little shelf. And then it was all Maiden, really. Maiden, Sabbath and Metallica. Everyone was listening to that. And you could have your own, mm. your own favorite. But at, at the same time, you wanted to share it with others. Maybe even your brother at one point. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and, and as we are grown up now, that's you know about the only thing we have in common is made and oh, some other things as well. But but mainly that's what we talk about. So it's the important one. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what about this uh, this made in Nordic topic? How should we tackle it? What do you think, Henrik? Should that's a very good question. There's loads of ways to approach it. I guess. I mean. Me being the very, you know, numbers and facts guy, I would get very boring to most listeners if I would go through a lot of the 
statistics about Nordic and gigs and stuff like that. So I guess that's going to be, I, mean, I guess we were sort of touching upon it. The, the seeing the band and the fan base and stuff like that is probably a lot more, uh, a lot more interesting in that sense yeah. because it's, it's easier to get. Yeah, well, I'm not a numbers, numbers guy per se, but sometimes it's a mm. good starting point for the story, you know, to look at the actual yeah. the facts and the numbers. And I know that you will have said a lot of nice factoids or n number facts uh, throughout yeah, it's, your show. It's interesting, but and I was actually before before we started recording, I started thinking about you know when did they start to do multiple gigs in one country in the Nordics? Mm -hmm. uh, I I mean they started off that in Sweden earlier than in Finland. I think it was only like two thousand and something when they did the first double gig. But I mean, Gothenburg and Stockholm, for instance, has yeah. has happened for quite a lot of years in Sweden. So, uh, and I would say that maybe Denmark they only do one one venue usually, Norway usually one, I guess. Mm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, it's quite it's quite telling when you see the numbers because they played I think it's like forty five or forty three times in Sweden, and they played is it twenty six or twenty seven in Finland and in Denmark and twenty one in Norway, I guess. So it's Double. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's the double gigs, as you say. Yeah. I know where we could start. First show in mm. the Nordic countries. That could be a nice place to start. I'm not 100% sure. I have a guess. I have an idea that I, I took from you, Will. But I know that you guys one have for sure. Ideas. You know I, for sure. Yes, yeah. Then it would be fun if Henrik and Eric could guess. First show is it, in, is it in the, the Nordic countries. Is it the festival in Olo? Oh, yeah. I think so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember <laughs> the name? I don't remember the name of the festival, no. Kus Rock. Kusrock. Kusrock. That would be like uh, Mysrock in, in Norwegian. Uh, is it Kus as in six or as in a tri the tree? I think it's as in the tree because it's a yeah. lot of trees there. So it's like the mm -hmm. yeah. Christmas tree. In the, kind of in the northernmost parts of the Baltic uh, Bay. It's a weird location to fly yeah. in. And Very it, weird. And it was basically a fly in, fly out thing as well. Mm. You know, it's I'm somewhere around the polar circle. Yeah, almost not far away. I think yeah. it's like yeah, 80 kilometers close. below that or something like that. So. And uh, not a lot of inhabitants up there, not really. No, when they were the only international act there as well, so it was only domestic rock bands and stuff like it was a big punk scene at that time in Finland. So it's kind of very odd in so many ways how the promoter actually, you know, and, and I actually re I looked at the, the, how much they paid to the, each of the bands during that festival and, and Maiden was mm -hmm. like, you know, not tenfold, but at least, you know, uh, so much more money what they received in comparison to the, the, the one in second place, which was the biggest Finnish artist at the time. So it must yeah. have been very odd in so many ways, just the fact that, you know, a totally unknown British band comes there and, you know, gets the, the big paycheck and then kind of leaves. Mm. And, because, you know, they didn't come back to Finland until... Was it even, I think it was... I think it's 83, isn't it? Yeah, was it? I, I think they actually skipped us on World Peace Tour, or maybe they did not. Maybe World Peace Tour was the one where they came in afterwards. So yeah. they skipped at least Killers and they skipped Number of the Beast. Based yeah, on the road they tour. skipped Number of the Beast in all of the Nordic countries. They skipped yeah. Number of the Beast. Which is also very weird. Yeah. Why, why they started weird. off there? Nordic. The first Bruce show in Stockholm was indeed the same tour, probably as the... The one yeah. we addressed in Finland uh, the, on the World Peace Tour. Four days later. There was no beast on the roads up here. No. Nope. No, they didn't come here. I'm going to see if I can find the set list from that first uh, that first gig here. Let's see. I, I might be able to. A festival set. But maybe a headline festival set then. I, I they listened to your last episode. You uh, talked about um, 
uh, women in uniform. Did they play that live a lot during that time? I can't remember that. Uh, I didn't I, look it up. I have never seen a live version of it. I'm not sure. I, th- I believe there's some kind of rumor that they have played it, but I... This is a thing that I've been debating with myself for the last 20, 25 years, but I can't <laughs> seem to remember it if I have looked it up or not. So, But it wasn't a regular on the set list, at least. No, 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 not, not no. at all. No, I don't think no. so. I mean, they had the Women in Uniform tour that, that they did in Britain in, to coincide with the release of the single, but it wasn't... I mean, I'm not sure they played this. I'm going to have a look. They don't <laughs> play covers much, right? They used to do I've Got the Fire quite a bit. I know, yeah. like as a, as yeah, a song. And even yeah. earlier on, they did a lot. A lot more other stuff, but I mean... Yeah, but I've got the fire was there up until Bruce was in, even, I think. Uh, uh, he worked, because they recorded yeah, a version with him, of course, the one on Flight of Icarus, but I think he did it live a few shows as well, but I'm not sure. He might have done in 82, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Finland in the 80s, right? Well, it's, this must be summer times, right? For a festival way up there. Yeah, I think it was in June or something like that. Probably around this time, I would say. It was a lot of 41 years ago. festivals around midsummer. I found the set list, and it was on the July 19th. Aha, uh-huh. July 19th. So they okay, did yeah. uh, Ides of March, Killers, Prowler, Sanctuary, Remember Tomorrow, Running Free, Transylvania, uh, Someone Got a Solo, and then there was uh, Strange World, Phantom of the Opera, Iron Maiden, uh, Invasion. Invasion. Invasion, and I Got the Fire. <laughs> Invasion. Invasion. I, got the fire. I knew that. that they played I Got the Fire too, yeah, right? That's what yeah. they did. And I knew yeah. they, they did Invasion back then. What a, what that, a bad song. Norseman coming, Norseman coming. Norseman coming. <laughs> I am, they must have brought it in just because they were in the Nordic. In the Nordics. I, I got a song. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe, yeah, like a tribute, a very stinky, stinky tribute. That set list is it's a bit different to the one in Stockholm, but the Stockholm was in the in the autumn of eighties, so this is yeah. completely with Kiss, different. Right? The Stockholm yeah, with one Kiss, with, yeah. with Kiss. But they did they have a long set as an opener because you know in, in subsequent years we know that some openers acts have had twenty five, thirty minutes. But I guess back then maybe longer or they did play Phantom of the Opera, so I guess it was quite a long. I, I guess it's uh, like 45 minutes, something like that. Mm. They did play very fast in, in those days. so <laughs> They did. Very, mm. very fast. But who played the solo? Was it Dave? It's Dave's guitar solo. It must it's always be. been. Apart from 86, when they did this combined yeah, yeah, thing yeah. with the theme from The Snowman. Yeah. 
That's not too bad. That's pretty cool, yeah, I like that. Oh, I really oh. like that one. I think it's really atmospheric and it's a nice melody as well. Mm. It's a cool one, yeah. It really fit that set. So, okay, that's that's the very early 80s. Do you know about Fanbase? You uh, had a number, at least, for the gig in Stockholm, right? Uh, even though it was a KISS show, obviously, but... In uh, the yeah, attendance. it was sold out. It was 3,300, 3, I guess it was. The, book, the, the promoters knew that they weren't going to sell out a bigger venue with KISS at that time, yeah. so they sort of played it safe. Yeah, because KISS was on a decline, right? Yeah, they weren't really happening in that it was only their second visit to sweden uh, tour mm. to sweden but i mean things had happened with their fame and fortune what was the i guess I, I'm, I don't know kiss really but yeah. what was the current yeah. album at that time for kiss Un- unmasked unmasked what unmasked. songs yeah. do they have my kiss if uh, alex no is idea. listening it's not gonna be nice for him uh, he, he would know definitely but i mean it's yeah chandy she's so european i guess <laughs> I, have I don't a few know if they played big, any of big these. Big Kiss fans. I have a few of them that want to be on the show, so we will be filled in later. But no, mm. no, not much Kiss knowledge here, no. No. I'll say, uh, I've seen but, them but, once. But you, but you should have Alex on as well, because he's so good with the facts on everything, and he knows Maiden as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if he likes to do yeah. it in English, sure. Yeah, That's I, a I, good think, idea. Yep. Great idea. I, mean, I think he does. I mean, you, yeah. you well had him a few years ago we or did, something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, episode, I think. Yeah, it was really, really yeah. nice listen. So I'm on, I'm on the. Uh, I just looked up the Unmasked uh, album here, and I, I'm a casual Kiss fan at, at best, and I don't recognize any of these really. Uh, <laughs> so um, you know, I mean, she's so European. I recognize that because Henrik said it like two seconds ago. But <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know that I would have known it otherwise. Mm. So this, this wasn't the one. You know, this isn't the. Mm. Yeah. I, what, I guess what I'm trying to go is trying to go into a Maiden fan's head in Stockholm in uh, in uh, autumn 1980. Like, what was what were the band at that time? What were they? We just did the early days episodes, but so we have been talking about those days. But what were they in Sweden? Were they this unknown beast? Just uh, you know, whoa, this, they have this crazy opening act, or were they already coming into it? What do you think? Because when was I the CD or the not the CD obviously, but when was the the C cassette and the vinyl released? How long had it, it been? It was April? April 1980, and they played here in October. So it had been on the market, and, and do we know, I don't have to say, I, I remember just from our podcast, it's difficult to find the sales numbers from those days, because obviously Very they were difficult, keeping yeah. track. So, so in the charts, didn't even, did it even make the, the Swedish top chart or not? Mm. Yeah. But people were going there to see Kiss Without Makeup, uh, and they got Paul Diano <laughs> without a, you know, T-shirt. Yeah, but Kiss had makeup. Without it was unmasked. Was just a title. So Kiss was still uh-huh. in makeup. Uh-huh. So yeah. that was not the time uh, when they removed the makeup. No, that was eighty-three. Oh, right. The eighty-three. Yeah, uh-huh. look it up. Eighty-three. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now yeah. you got me confused. It's called unmasked, yeah. but they were still using masks. And then yeah. when it was not unmasked, they were taking away the masks. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. I don't know if there was an idea behind Maybe it other than the adult must call lick it up. I don't know if they. They licked it up the makeup, makeup yeah. Yeah. The makeup yeah. from each other. So that's a very <laughs> ineffective way to remove makeup, I would assume. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. All right. They did have a long tongue as well, or made it long, I think. Also, the, sorry, just going to say, just, just a side note, again, no offense to Kiss fans, the video for the song Lick It Up is, is, uh, is, 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 is fun, but probably not in the way they intended. But I guess that goes for a lot of music videos oh, back I mean, then. I mean, you, you could even do like one of my favorite uh, uh, 
podcasting moments in any pod I've ever listened to is when uh, Ewell and his brother just discussed the lovely Iron Maiden video, <laughs> The Angel and the Gambler. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, my favorite was the long as one on Two Minutes to Midnight. That was great, unparalleled. I never heard such a good yeah. uh, music video breakdown, and I've seen a few. On that a few. note, that you know, there are these people who love everything made in us. Of course, you know that there are, you know, the people Some, that yeah. claim that X Factor is still the best album, and so and and when they post, you know, a video which they rarely do in their social media channels, mm. but I mean, come on, guys, you must share my opinion that all medium videos are real you know it's crap it's just most, most of them, of them I, there's probably yeah. like two or three that i yeah. kind of like but but they never want you know it's not a music video band and they kind of realize that no, already no. from the start mm. yeah yeah they're not, they're not involved i think at all no no the less no. involved the happier they are they said even earlier at, on that can i play with madness we're not in the video that's brilliant mm. and then they made those hideous uh, hideous cgi graphic type videos with racing cars and spooky but figures I guess that's why I like Holy Smoke because it's just taking the piss of the video concept. Yeah, and that's a good one. Yeah, and at, at the it, right yeah. time too, you know, right around very November right rain time, yeah. and all that. It's know, the so only that one really music video there it's is, honest, I would yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, because that's why you know I, grew it, on me. It, it's fun to talk about them, but it's not like you know comparing them to a proper video of a band that actually puts a lot of effort and you know probably are in the yeah, creative process as well. So. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm just I think it's me also I don't care about music videos so for me I have the same sentiment I think as Iron Maiden I don't really care for them and some people when they show me songs they want me to watch the video too and I, and I don't want that for me it was a big thing in the 90s yeah I me mean, too yeah. yeah Guns N' Roses yeah. November Rain I mean that was really one of the best ones and of course you know was it the uh, Arnold Terminator version of uh, You Could Be Mine as well mm, I mean that yeah. was so cool ACDC is the Big guns with Schwarzenegger again when he's doing the angles. <laughs> I see that. Walk. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, wow, those were the days when MTV ruled song. the world. There's, there's some good videos out there. I think uh, the Michael Jackson videos are pretty cool. Mm. The high budget shit. But yeah. he also and cared uh, about making them. If, if he if he was kind yeah. of being forced to do it, like I feel like Maiden probably at some point was, probably wouldn't yeah, turn out yeah, that yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, Beastie no, Boys sabotage. One of the that's, best. That's ones a good one. That's also good. Yeah, also good. But I mean, I, I, I can dig the concept, but for me, I guess it's a separate concept to the music, just as Iron Maiden. It you know, is a separate it, it's thing, It's not coming that, together yeah. as the same, it's not the same quality that's being measured, mm. the video and the song. But in the case of Holy Smoke, I like the yeah. song better because of going, getting accustomed to the video. Yeah. It actually made the song better. Yeah, I mean, me so too. One, once, I mean, it worked once. They were kind of headed of the curve there because they, you know, they, they, they didn't really care about videos for quite a while. And now, for all intents and purposes, the, the music video format is not really, it, it, I wouldn't say it's dead, but it's not as important anymore because you don't have, people aren't going to be, you know, you have to sort of seek out the stuff rather than it, you know, like a lot of times the music video could be a, a way to promote your album on when, you know, when MTV and VH1, you know, still played music. Yeah, it's a single yeah. on TV. Yeah. And also now uh, it's kind of back to Holy Smoke in a sense because a lot of people film it with their phones, right? Mm. Yeah. Only that Steve had to <laughs> mm. go and buy buy a camera, you know. But it's it's more of the DIY thing again. I yeah. think it's less staged in the videos, but and definitely not a great business anymore. No the music video no. business, no. promotional tool, pretty much. Mm. And only that. They don't really, they don't, I mean, they, 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 the last video they did release was that one that was the. Uh, it's speed of light, and that one I kind of like because it had the like the evolution of Eddie via various you know video game formats. That was kind of fun, but you know it wasn't. It's still you know it's not. It wasn't amazing. It was just it was just kind of fun. Yeah. 
But uh, looking at Henrik's video, I saw the numbers for the shows, and uh, it was, you know, pretty much stayed at Hovet from Bruce Dickinson joining up until Hovet is, a, is a semi big, like a mid mid range um, yeah. venue in southern Stockholm. They play there every year for quite a bit with this seven, eight thousand type figures, right? Mm. Uh, just to sum it up, and then there was this huge boom after. Well, when when Blaze was in, it was even smaller, down at less than a thousand. But then there was a, ma- a massive boom when Bruce rejoined. Was there yeah. something and less than a thousand? No, nothing less than a thousand. I mean, circus. Maybe killers. Uh, but, you, but they did Koren somewhere in Göteborg or something like in that. Göteborg, they did. That mm. must have been, le- I guess, less than a thousand. I don't know. It's a very Maybe. small place. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. Göta Lejon is small, but we don't really have the numbers for the Maiden show, but they can take somewhere, uh, you know, a thousand plus. Yeah, they can. Been and when was so the Göta Lejon? They played their kill, killer tour. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. One of Diana's shows, I think he did when he was not in the band, but he didn't know. Is exactly. Right? It was, yeah, yeah, it was that last Yeah, yeah, because he got sacked in, in Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. So Bruce was hired, but then they re- they did those final they shows for, for the cash. The, the re- mm. Remember Tomorrow Live in Italy was already recorded when <laughs> yeah. when Diana did those shows. The voiceover, right? He did a voiceover. Yeah, it's a voiceover for, for on that. the Maiden England's track. So and also no, no, Number of the Beast B side. Is it on the Number of the Beast B side? Number of the Beast B side, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's the band live with Paul, but they added Bruce's voice on top of yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's the Made in Japan version. So. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's really cheap wow. in that sense. <laughs> live in Bologna, it says, does it? It says live in Italy. Yeah, and it's Only, not in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a flat-out live because that's yeah, where so they went to Italy to do that kind they, of promotion. Exactly. Oh, right. Bruce when yeah. was like, Nulo recorded as well. And then he did sing it there, but obviously didn't record it. No, no. no they did that in Japan with Paul. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, he played. We played. Uh, we we could have seen him in Stockholm had we been alive. Henrik was, but you were a toddler, I guess. Yeah. No, time. not really a toddler, but I was too young to go to Stockholm by myself. I was six years old. <laughs> so it's quite yeah. a big, you know, turning point in Maiden's history. That you know, speaking on on, on the Nordic note, that Diana was actually sacked in the Nordics. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, you could say so. I guess. Where was Blaze sacked? Where was Blaze sacked? South America? South America was the last gigs, but I don't know. I don't think they told him there and then. I think it was more a matter of back in Blighty. They probably didn't tell Paul in, in the north either. You know, they probably waited until safely at home. Yeah. Yeah, they took him to Kastrup on a, just on a quick <laughs> yeah, trip. Exactly. Off you go. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> 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 back again. Carry on. Carry on. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they were probably quite underground, I think. But now we're in a guessing game because there's not too many documentations. I don't know too many fans from, from those days. I've met a few, you know, that went to these shows, but I know it's kind one of guy who went to Jota Leon, and I know two guys who went to Erik Stahlsalen, but that's the only thing. And I was hoping some of them would have brought a camera, but they didn't. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. no bootlegs from that time, is it? Uh, audio bootlegs, mm. there are. There are from Bologna, it for is, example. Because there's from Lund, from Olympen. Oh, well. Yeah, oh, I, I think yeah. all the Swedish gigs are uh, documented with audio. I mean, at least up until current time. I don't know if what, so anyone brings, you know, a Zoom H4 recorder to record gigs nowadays, or if you do it on your phone all the time. I don't know. I don't know how people know. do it. Phone sounds surprisingly good these days. I mean, yeah, they English do. Limiter. Yeah. They have some limiters. Yeah. So it doesn't mash but over I'm, like that. Yeah, but I mean, the, the video bootlegs have decreased dramatically since people started filming. It's just people filming snippets of their favorite song and mm. then nothing yeah. much happening. So I would never film a show. I couldn't do it. Just standing there holding it, looking at the screen. I couldn't do it even for the like philanthropical values of no. sharing I it. I could do it if it was Toto or something totally uninteresting, Maybe. but I wouldn't <laughs> do it, it Toto, for yeah. a band I'd like. <laughs> no, never, never. But I still can appreciate Just looking at the Tele yeah, 2, sure. which is yeah. like a multi-cam version. It's kind of nice, you know, you yeah. can almost mm. watch it as a DVD. Yeah, your, yeah. your podcast has be, have been doing um, Stream For Me. Stream For Me Sweden? No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Stream For Me Made In Podden. Stream For Me Made In Podden, yeah. When we yeah. Look, yeah, look at that's like a co collective yeah. watching. I, I joined once. I watched uh, um, Rock in Rio, and that was great, you know. Lots of fun direct commentary on, on what's happening on screen and some new stuff as well. There's always yeah. a little bit of new knowledge to get. Yeah, You did do uh, Paris 86. We yeah, did. I saw that one. Didn't yeah. you? We did. Yeah, I, th I saw that. Or I was, at least I was there for a while. I don't know if I was there all the time. but Fun format, but you can't do that with these early 80s dates. Uh, you can, I guess, sort of make up a sound in your head. And I remember Ben talking about how they probably were more... I don't know if this is the case in Scandinavia or just in the pub years in England, but the, the shows were probably a bit more violent and a bit more uh, aggressive. In that it, sense a lot more intense, I guess. And I mean, yeah. lis listening to, I mean, it's horrible tape recordings, but listening to them, it's, they are, they're on fire. No, they take no prisoners. Maybe louder business. as well, like <laughs> less less volume regulations. Who knows? Maybe it was louder. And uh, also, like, he made a he painted a pretty good picture, Ben. That's saying like today you can stand there with your friend and just hmm, this is convenient. You know, yeah. you're in the golden circle and it's very convenient and it is nice, obviously. But I think if we try and imagine the early '80s dates here, it'd probably be a bit more wild, a bit yeah. more sweaty and intense. Yeah, definitely. They're probably very good, I think. I think they mm. probably played great. There's so many like sound regulations. I remember like a few years ago, I saw Metallica and I was in the, the first section of the standing area and I got a phone call and I could answer it and talk. 
and they, I, 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 didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to raise my voice too much. Really? Yeah. And that was not during like yeah. nothing else matters. It was so. Um, I'm more curious about you actually taking a phone call during a concert. Well, because it was, it was someone I was who, who was who I was supposed to who was, who was I thought who I was there with in those concerts. Ah, okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't do that. Probably, but no. Uh, Back in the early Maiden concert days, I used to call a friend that didn't someone not attending, like mm. on a favorite track. I remember calling during Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, yeah. two thousand three, mm. and just holding my phone up. I said it'll People service. used to do that. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. done that. We always mm. did that during Fear of the Dark. Called the friends who weren't there. It was only mm. only in Fear of the Dark. Oh, yeah, that's when that I went now? to the loo. Yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why that loo? I yeah. only went once during coming home. Yeah, the front. I use that as an example sometimes. <laughs> coming mm. home, the Final going, going to the toilets. Mm. Toilet break. I call it toilet break. <laughs> but I, I warmed up a little bit to it, but it's a boring song. But it was a weird mm. tour, the Final Frontier tour. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it too much. I didn't like it too much. I saw it in Ulvi. Yeah. And it was Ullevi, and it was Olympic Stadium in Helsinki. So it was the biggest venues in the Nordic. Right mm. after they did the same thing with obviously, you know, the biggest remake of a tour they ever did. Mm. And I, was it that it kind of, you know, got into the head of Maiden for a bit? Or was it like Rod was kind of now, let's milk this in case the bubble burst or something like that? I always thought the idea was that, I mean, we've done these retrospective early days tours and stuff like that. And why don't we make a tour that sort of like goes back to since the reunion and stuff, because it was basically focusing on anything post 2000, yeah. that tour. Right, and yeah, especially the pre-tour. Yeah, and I mean, even, even, even if I'm not really that concerned with anything happening after 2000, I thought it was a really good move, or interesting move, just to hear the dynamics of a gig focusing a lot more yeah. on that aspect. But when they did not do that, when Final Frontier wasn't the focus, they only did Eldorado, I think the set was cooler. Because then they had more room for deeper mm -hmm. cuts. They played Ghost of the Navigator, for example. Mm. That's true, yeah. They didn't do that in Ulevi when I saw them. I didn't attend the Mud gig in Sweden, in uh, Sonisphere. Yeah. Because that gig, they did the extended New Maiden setlist. Yeah. And I agree with mm. you. Cool move. Yeah. And uh, Maiden Podden talks a lot about this, actually. How the 2000 and onwards should be way considered. You know, not only if you're doing a Maiden Pod, but also if you're a Maiden listener. Now, we all know that Henrik is not into this stuff, but... No, but I still uh, think it should be highlighted. I think still think still think it should be brought forward because mm -hmm. it's a it's twenty plus years of their history. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not too many albums, but uh, five, right? Not too bad. Five albums. Ben, five, yeah. Really weird thing. The other day at work, um, there was because they have kids graduating, uh, you know, all around town at this point, and usually, you know, they, uh, you know, in a pre sort of pandemic world, they'll they'll be on their their, you know, they'll go, they get these big trucks and they have speakers and they are shouting and they're being annoying and making a lot of noise. Uh, anyways, there was there's uh, some kids doing it in a smaller car, driving down the street and very loudly cheering and listening to the ghost the ghost of navigator, which made me very oh. happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Good choice. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Just, we yeah. Are like, yeah, this is great. As, as you sail on, you know, as you, uh, yeah. you graduate and you sail on to the seas of life. Mm -hmm. mm. You're happy. the ghost of the navigator. Yeah. Oh, it's the ghost of your teenage years. It makes yeah. me so proud to see the young kids, actually. They're carried yeah. forward yeah. by the wind. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very poetic, isn't it? I remember <laughs> one of my friends, uh, like a big tech, tech nerd or a metal nerd, he had a, because uh, in Sweden we do it with a, a truck full of students and mm. you know partying and being annoying as eric said mm -hmm. but he was uh, you know too much of a misanthrope so he did it with one friend in a small volkswagen with an open roof and playing mm. a formulas fatal to the flesh by morbid angel <laughs> well <laughs> yeah mm. so that's another way to do it i would go for ghost of the navigator though yeah you know yeah. again 
carried and I would forward hope, by the way. I would hope they have more songs on the playlist than just those ones. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> just those two songs. For, <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah. still, that, that, it, it, it's it's a bit more of a deep cut than having just Trooper. To, yeah. If, yeah, if right. you have one Maiden right. song and you choose to put Ghost of the Navigator, that's uh, I would you know lift my hat. Well, like Eric's favorite bar. Yeah, I was supposed to say uh, that because the place that uh, I, I tend to hang out at a place called Loch Ness, we've recorded there, and uh, John's been there, and Henrik's been there as well. Um, the, the one Maiden song they do occasionally play is actually Ghost to Navigator. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's on the set. Yeah, a great place actually. It's not even a rock bar. It's just no, a, no. It's, it's, just a, a bar. it's a place. It's an old school pub in a sense. Yeah. You know, lots of uh, lots of um, frequents frequent guests and mm. a very cool atmosphere you know we'll have to meet there in real life later you will absolutely since you're in stockholm actually yeah since a few years i've mm -hmm. touched on that but uh, i wanted to bring in a little bit of the finland versus sweden here too mm. because that's always fun you know it is me indeed. being half finnish and all that yeah uh, first gig finland wins right mm -hmm. and the again we don't have the facts in front of us i don't have the facts period but number ones like number one album sales if, recalling from your show Finland has quite a few. Finland has a lot of them, and they came on a lot later, I would say. I think, you know, they were on the, on the charts in, in Sweden earlier than they were in Finland. But uh, you, I, I would say from the top of my head that Finland has more number ones. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm. In your type of uh, growing up as a Swedish-speaking Finn, that's like, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of people that do this. Did you connect with the other Swedish-speaking metal, metalheads as a kid, or did you go across the language border into the wild Finns for, for finding like maiden friends and all that? Never, never. Only with the Swedish-speaking ones. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, a lot of my friends, you know, as you know, Finland is, has the most amount of metal bands per capita in the world. Yeah. And, and there were mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, ba basically all my friends were metalheads in their early 20s was no one who listened to anything else you know a lot of them grew out and kind of maybe not as strict metalheads anymore but everybody listened it was a lot of domestic finnish metal there weren't that many like big maiden fans that i knew of actually it was only one one of my friends who was like he, it was all me and him going to the concerts but um yeah i remember one encounter and that was must have been during the uh uh, Final Frontier World Tour at the Olympic Stadium. I had my... What was it later? I, I can't remember. At least I, I think it was my seventh time live with Maiden and I had like, you know, put the... taken the sleeves of my Maiden t-shirt and bought like, you know, these crayons that you can draw on textile with and I put like seventh mm. fucking time live I drew on the back. Like, <laughs> really nice. I wanted awesome. to gain respect mm. from the, you know, yeah. the older brothers and sisters that were mm. there and... Yeah. There were, you know, a bunch of Finnish people drinking beer outside and they were looking at, yeah, you're so fucking proud with that shirt. And they were like really dissing me and I was like, you know, almost took it off and went to buy a new one because, you know, I wasn't so... Because yeah, we talked yeah. about that in our podcast as well, the, the kind of elitism within, I think within old school metal mostly. Mm. And, and I don't know what it's like yeah. within Metallica, which is maybe, you know, easiest to compare to, mm. but... There is that kind of, you know, don't let anyone be too happy about having seen them seven times live because there are mm. always somebody yeah. who saw them eight times, nine times and, you know, 20 and fucking 50 times live. So it's kind of weird that instead of getting a cheerful comment that, you know, yeah, that's nice to have like another loyal maiden brother here, you, you mm. kind of get that sort of negativity. And that was kind of, you know, it's a weird experience. 
It's really weird. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, oh, but I think that says more about the North than about Maiden fans. <laughs> you know, just socially awkwardness, maybe in a sense, because I wouldn't see that happening. I don't think that would happen in Bogota or something. Well, I don't know because just judging what I can see on the like various forums I'm members of, that 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 that's a worldwide thing. You do get these kind of gatekeeping uh, jerks who just feel the need to do mm. that. I mean, like, for instance, yeah. I've seen him, I think I've seen him like 15 times at this point. And I mentioned when I saw him the first and like some guy was like, oh, well, you know, oh, I saw him back in, you know, like 85. And like, yeah, I would love to, but I was two at the time, you assholes. So I didn't see him then. There's no point. In, it seems ridiculous. Just, you know, like. I, mean, yeah. I felt this when with genres, you know, in the early 2000s, when you had to listen to more extreme metal and it wasn't cool if there was hooky melodies and stuff. No. I felt this. But with Maiden, I, I never felt it, to be honest. I, maybe because I got like so crazy into them so early on. So I was more ashamed that I knew too much about the band, <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> well, now, obviously, I'm here with people that know way more, uh, quite often, on a regular basis. But back then, I was like, yeah, this, I, I was a little bit ashamed of how much I knew about Maiden. So it was the, the other way around, you know, I was looking for nerds. And uh, yeah, now I found them. Yeah, and it's not like we were measuring our knowledge about it. I was just having a shirt where I kind of wanted to pay tribute to yeah. Maiden and all the other fans that, you know, I've seen you seven times. I'm, you know, I, I will still be standing here next time you come as well. Mm -hmm. But could that yeah. be, you know, as, as we just talked about, you know, they played in the Nordics ever since the first album that, you know, mm. you should have had your possibilities because there are people there who maybe was there already at the first, first gig in Kusrock. And they kind mm, of, yeah. but again, you know, why not include rather than exclude? Yeah, exactly. right. yeah. And the feeling is similar, I think. Henrik and Ben talked about this last time, um, about the, the, the feeling is similar when you get SSI is on. It, you come back to that kind of kid feeling anyway. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if you're 40 or 50 or you're still a kid, you're 12. Mm. But again, with me from Aiden, I never felt the elitism with this particular band. It was always like very invited. And then you, you know something weird and people are even happier to talk about yeah. normally, you know, just mm. like with me, when I find people that know weird, strange details and that kind of crushes my theories, it's a very good feeling. I like mm. that, you know, I have to rethink Speaking it, of that, the only time I've actually had the, you know, been fortunate enough to win the lottery of first at the barrier, I got that kind of a little bit of a feeling as well with the people who, who won the lottery. Obviously, it requires you to be in the fan club, but that was kind of a little bit people were, you know, kind of asking how many times have you seen them live? Do you really deserve to be here at the oh, barrier? Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, you need mm -hmm. to have a minimum of a 20 concert as a buy-in <laughs> to get here, kind of, you know, otherwise, you know, mm -hmm. go and drink beer in the back kind of approach. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've only seen them six times, I think. It's, it's not that many. No. Mm -hmm. Not really. But uh, one of my favorite podcasts, I don't listen to that many Maiden pods anymore. It's just one more that I'm not talking in. It's a Norwegian one, Gamal Maiden. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of interesting Nordic uh, kind of perspectives on I it. I didn't and know big there was guests. such it's a thing as Gamal Maiden. Yeah, check it out. It's like it's on commercial radio, but it's uh, so it's like high quality production and very big guests. Mm -hmm. You know, they can they can take guests in by train and stuff. Oh, and wow. It's always in the same in the same room. It's a very good one. Got a budget. Uh, I, I, yeah, they have a little budget. I think it's Radio Rock or something like that. that is doing this, but okay. uh, yeah. in that one you get a lot of cool, good memories from the very early days. Mm. Uh, you know, people seeing them and becoming friends with Iron Maiden in the early '80s, and you can tell that uh, Steve is is pretty available at that time. Mm. Always going to McDonald's, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, and finding someone he re he recognizes, a Swedish guy, like hey Peter, you know, on first name basis. Mm. Speaking of which, did any one of you ever see Janik in an Irish pub? I have once in Stockholm, can't remember which tour, but it's bound to be 
2000, 2003, perhaps. Yeah. Something like that. I have a story, but I didn't meet him. So Eric can go first. Uh, well, I mean, it's going to be a short answer. No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. You know, what, what happened to me was I, I, one of the musicians I played with, he was a flutist. He, uh, he had a show on an Irish bar. The same day as Iron Maiden had a show. He's not a Maiden fan at all. He loves Jethro Tull, so that's a connection. Mm -hmm. But on, uh, on his show, Steve and Yannick turned up drinking and watching because they like that kind of music mm. in an Irish bar. So, so that's cool. And I wonder why he didn't call mm. me. I would have been there in a second. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> Flashing down on my bicycle. I did see the Maiden show, though. So they do. Yannick, Yannick attends anyway. That's what mm. I wanted to say. It's not yeah. a rumor. He does attend Irish bars. Speaking mm. about warm-ups in a in a pub, did anyone of you attend the the Malmo show when they did at the Malmo Stadium, where apparently you know Paul was playing? This was it the same day or the day before? He was playing the same afternoon, mm. and I didn't oh, go to that because it was, I was. I, I went to to the Malmo gig, but I didn't go off there because it was more a matter of wanting to get a good spot on the maiden gig. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also a bit uncertain about which time Paul was going to go on, so it, I, di I didn't want to gamble anything. Mm. So. Do you think the ex-members ever cross paths with the, the current ones? Like obviously Clive during the MS Fund thing, obviously then. And I know that Adrian said he ran into Stratton a couple of times in the early 80s and that it was very awkward. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, everything, everything is awkward to Adrian. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's true, everything is awkward to him. Still yeah. sad. Yeah. Yeah. Recording Fishing an album in the, in the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah. Still yeah. sad in the Bahamas. Yeah, I, 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 I did know. post that picture the other day, the, the, you know, the one where it looks like a background of a sunset. Mm. And yeah, everyone is so homes, happy, yeah. you know, they mm. are on the peak, everyone is, they're recording Power Slave, everything is going so well, and you can see Adrian a bit depressed. Mm. In that photo. <laughs> Still sad. So yeah, maybe everything is awkward to him. Yeah. I didn't have my best shirt on, so... <laughs> no, not happy. No. no, but if I remember from we had the the Loopy Newhouse, who was the mm. one of the earlier roadies on the show, and if I remember correctly, they do get invited if they have some kind of high profile gigs in London and stuff like that. You know, they get on the yeah. list, even the former members and yeah. stuff like that. But it's not like you know, obviously, Maiden is quite busy backstage, so it's not like they have any kind of you know, sit down and and talk about what happened twenty years ago. Mm. It's kind of you know, just yeah. like well, good to see you here, mate. Yeah, I heard about that Beckett is always on the list too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> yeah, old friends. But uh, you know, we will we will touch more on Beckett next time we talk together. So wait, he put them on the list because he likes them. Did he have any? Did he actually know them? Because if that's the case, next time I do something, I'm going to add people I'd, I'd like to come but won't come. <laughs> I always add Bruce, I always add Iron Maiden to my guest lists, but they never show up. I got exactly. I got a few people there too, like you know. <laughs> We gotta yeah, make it. We gotta mostly weird people. Because if I put Iron Maiden on the guest list, people are gonna know that. Well, they're not gonna come. But I put like, well, Christopher Walken is gonna be coming. That's weird enough. He people are like, well, he might be coming. Why, you know, that's a weird guy to put yeah. on the list. So maybe even list. if he, even if he's called Christopher Walken, yeah, walk in. Walk in. Yeah. <laughs> he's always on the list. I think. Yeah. yeah. It's sly, sly and slidey. Yeah. But I think yeah. In Nordic connections, we have one of the key crew members as well. Yeah. That is a Swede. And it, that would be Steve Harris, says Steve Harris's masseur and bodyguard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peter. Peter Lukrans. Mm -hmm. Peter Lukrans has been with them now since 2003 or something. Yep. And then before he was actually with them for a few years in the 80s mm -hmm. as well. 84 yeah. to 89, I think. Yeah. yeah. So he told the story of how he was this uh, bouncer guy, but he also got into, uh, I think he went with his mom to become a monsieur. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, to have a future outside of this rock bouncer thing mm -hmm. that he was doing. So he started, he got good at it somehow. And he started doing some stars as they came to Sweden with New Houston and stuff. 
<laughs> and and somehow Nico found about out about him or Nico's assistant. So his first gig was to uh, be Nico's masseur, mm-hmm. which oh. he did so well that Steve stole him. You know, and he said, true to Steve's nature, he took what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's still working. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, he's in the Killer Crew, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know, we should get him on the show because he's bilingual as well. So there's mm-hmm. no excuse for doing it in English. Mm-hmm. And Henrik, you met him, right? Yeah, I had. We talked to him a bit. Yeah. Uh, I've met him when at maiden gigs and stuff when we've been able to sneak in at places where we n- normally shouldn't be sneaking in. And then yeah. also... Um, Did you get the friendly rub down or the other rub down that, you know... Yeah, the massage. Uh, the rub down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we had met him before that because we... Sorry. We, we, knew, we knew that we, we knew about him and he wasn't with Maiden at the time. This was just before he came back with them in 2003. Okay. And we got this really fix, we fixated with the idea of having him on the Iron Maiden tribute album that me and a friend were recording. And we just wanted, I mean, he's obviously not going to be a musician, but he can do something like scream and laugh and stuff like that. So we got him to do a bit of a guest appearance on Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can laugh at the doing wing. The, <laughs> maybe doing the... Yeah. No. <laughs> no, that we did with church bells. But that's another Dave thing. is doing his own on, on Killing Is My Business. He's doing his own. <laughs> and you can tell it's his voice. It sounds so bad. Yeah. yeah, so we had actually met him before uh, we got to meet him at the backstage situation. So he was, uh, he was friendly, but uh, professional. Working. Let's keep it yeah. Like that. yeah, he was working. Because he said in the interview that he's an asshole when he's working and that he do- it doesn't faze him. He likes to be an asshole. And mm. he also said that Steve uses this. So when he comes and pushes the fans away, Steve gives him like a fake scolding. Yeah. Like, you can't. What are you doing to my fans? You can't. Mm. Get away from them. I want to sign their stuff. Mm. And then, you know, afterwards, uh-huh. he's like, yeah, good. You made me look good there. That's <laughs> what, you, that's what <laughs> you're hired for. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. That too. Mm. And then you have like this Viking, hulking Viking dude, two meters tall or something. Yeah. You know? So he can also do the, the, the dirty deeds, I guess. But mm. they don't need to do that anymore. Probably not anyway. No. Also, he said that he was completely tone deaf, but listen to this. He is on Summer in Time. Yep. He's in the choir in Heaven Can Wait. Oh, wow. On the original recording. Really? Mm. Yeah. Probably the only Swede on a Maiden recorded album. If we don't count the live version of Afraid to Shoot Strangers from Globen in 92. Yeah, or yeah. the live version Fear of the Dark from Helsinki. Oh, yeah. yeah, there were probably Swedes there as well, yeah. <laughs> I would guess <laughs> so. <laughs> and, and, and that's another thing with Finland, because I think that more... I was going to say that more songs have been released live from Finland than from Sweden, but I actually have to take that back, because... Yeah, you have to. It's there were a one. lot of Blaze... No, I think there's two on a real live one. Yeah, you might be right. Is it... Uh, yeah, you it's might actually dark be right. And Is it even quick, quick or be dead, or...? No? I don't Afraid know. Afraid to Strangers from Sweden, right? Afraid to Strangers from Stockholm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
But then I, I just realized that there's all these B-side, live B-sides with Blaze that are recorded in Gothenburg. So yeah. they sort of fuck it all up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you talked about that in your podcast, but the, the, the Fear of the Dark, the Finnish version, it's uh, like an um, impressively no, low number of attendances. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. mm. Like, yes. what did you say, 3,500? Something like that in a venue that takes, I would say, it's similar to Hovet, so around, you know, 8,000 people. Which mm. is, again, you know, interesting as, as Finland started to sell a lot of, you know, or the Finnish audience started to buy a lot of Maiden-related albums at that time that they didn't manage to sell it, sell it out. And it was, I mean, the farewell tour for, for Bruce, basically. Mm. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Maiden didn't sell out Hovet until '98 on the Virtual Eleven tour, which is uh-huh. really strange. But that mm, is also yeah. because they did they play Helsinki in '98 or '98 or yeah, they they were back in the Ice Hall in '98. It was during the yeah. X Factor so then they, it's, they didn't play weird. Oslo there or Gothenburg or uh, sorry or Copenhagen. So there were mm-hmm. Norwegians or Danes coming to Sweden, which sort of filled out, filled it all up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. But those those few attending the Fear of the Dark recorded version mm. are loud. Very loud. Which is yeah, because thing. the only small venue in Finland was during the X Factor. Mm. Otherwise, mm. they used, you know tended to play in Finland's version of Hovet. So was that still Hel- Helsinki or was yeah, it in the Ice Hall? Yeah. Um, but the yeah, X yeah, Factor was X-Factor. some yeah, it was some weird Kulturitalo, some culture house. Okay. Yeah. In, mm. in Helsinki, I've never been there. Yeah. Mm. That was a big discovery for me, anyway. That we keep coming back to—that they weren't that huge before I got to know them. Uh, mm. You will compare it to uh, su- starting to support a football team when they're already the best, and you know, for me, it was the similar timing actually. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah like, uh, me too. And I didn't know it was such a paradigm shift either, because I had listened to them before, and they were quite big in my you know little suburb where I grew up. So you had seen Maiden shirts all over already. Mm. So I thought they were always that big. Oh. I would have guessed like that they filled twenty thousand back in the eighties. But they didn't. Yeah, and that's, no. that's interesting with you, Hendrik, as you not really followed them post 2000. But mm. that was the time when they actually maybe even grew not not only double, they, but they three times grew yeah, their audience a, a lot more, a lot bigger. I mean, it's interesting how people who who see them now. I mean, people who are in their 20s seeing them now talk about the 80s as if it was their glory days or heyday. And I mean, speaking of how much. The, t- the the show attendances are you know five or tenfold now to what mm. they were back then. So mm. yeah, it's also different logistics. Obviously, easier to promote, but uh, maybe they just got bigger. You know, and maybe it could have been because of the blaze years that the, you know the, the the monster was sleeping. The monster was yeah. at rest a little bit, and then when he wakes up, everyone wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did get bigger because there's more generations starting to listen to them as well. I mean, there was only one generation in the eighties, and then. They started getting kids and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah, and yeah, because the, my parents' generation didn't really listen to it. And you, well, what about you? Your dad's no, a no, jazz no. musician. Yeah, a jazz musician. And just you know, speaking on that, Jonathan, because uh, wasn't that the the gig when Bruce came back? They had to move it from from Sjöhistoriska to a bigger yeah. venue. Yeah. So it was even yeah. planned for kind of a smaller venue, but the demand mm. was so big that they really yeah. had to yeah. bump it, it up somewhere else. The first I had a ticket yeah. for for Historiska. I had that ticket. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, so, mm, yeah. And then uh, it, I was so happy that it expanded. It's like, yeah, hell yeah, they're big. You know. <laughs> well, it's the, the be first great. comeback gig was uh, that was uh, Glubin. Uh, Ed Hunter. Ed Hunter. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Like a, almost a warm up, actually. That was, that was yeah. the first. That was the first time I saw him. That was, that was yeah. a hell hell way to start. And that was the first sellout of Glubin. Right. So. 
Yeah. And keeping it in the Nordics, how often is it really that they... I mean, it, it's more common than not to, to have add another night, especially if you do an indoor venue in, in, in Sweden or Finland. Yeah. Yeah. You always add the second night because the first one gets sold out so quickly. How common is that in like, you know, France or UK and stuff like normal very European good question. places? Yeah. I know they did like seven nights in New York, uh, Radio City Music Hall. Yeah, but that was during the, you know, the fucked up years during World Slavery Tour when they yeah. did uh-huh. Hoffman yeah. Estates and all these kind of, you know, odd places where one donkey lives. Yeah. And obviously we have we have the uh, a matter of life and death here in Luben in Stockholm, which is a sm- too small of a venue really for Maiden at that year. Mm. But they played three nights in a row, right? Uh, two nights in a row, and then one a week after. Ah. <laughs> one week after, okay. Yeah, so that was a long break. Did, uh, uh, golfing with Barry Hogan. Didn't they do? Didn't they do? Um, so they did two nights, and then didn't they do like Gothenburg as well on that on that run? Yep, they yeah. did. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I'm a bit sad about that. I should have been fun. there. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think uh, I think as far as multiple nights in England goes, I don't think they're really. I mean, I think they they tour notoriously. They don't tour England that much. They're, they're here more than they're. Mm. You, you know, the, one of the one of the main main complaints I see from people in England is like, yeah, they don't they don't really play here anymore. In the same it would be interesting yeah. to see two thousand and onwards, and if you would do a comparison. I mean, look at the if you look at the British Islands, and, yeah. and look how many times they played there versus in the Nordics. Yeah. Mm. They centralized it in a sense, right? They centralized it. So instead of playing Leeds, they play London. Yeah, that's the point. I guess they only play the, the huge arenas. Uh, and I guess that's what, what the English people miss because they're too lazy to travel. So yeah. they, mm. they are say, oh, I had to travel 10 miles to see them, you know, and it's... 10 miles! Whereas I, whereas I went, you know, 45... Yeah, well, I'm not going to say miles, 450 kilometers to see them when I went from my... When I still live at my parents' place. But, but it's the same with the Americans. I mean, they are so used to people coming in their backyard playing, basically. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Because once you've paid for that working working visa, you want to actually really play there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. A, it's an expensive one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, what was I thinking about with with Maiden and, and and live shows? They have actually. I just remember now they did add a third night on the Clive Burr uh, thing they did in Brixton Academy in 2002. Ah. It was two nights scheduled, but they added a third one. Mm-hmm. But it was I a small venue, t- wasn't it? It's a small venue, yeah, and it was a charity yeah. thing. So, but it's I had tickets to two of them, but I didn't. I don't think I don't know if I didn't get one to the third or if I didn't have the money. I don't know. How was it seeing them in that small uh, context? Usually, you know, because usually see them in you know big arena or you know bigger places. How was it seeing mm. them in that you know that kind of area? It's very interesting. I mean, seeing bands in in the UK at all, I think, is right quite interesting because the audience is a bit different. I mean, they can still be enthusiastic and all that, but there's all this. People shouting random things at stage, <laughs> which I find was always almost saying, "Oh, play Charlotte uh, the Arlet," you know, and it's all stuff. Well, is this football culture, right? They're like possibly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Actually, speaking of yeah, football, say, I'm, yeah, just gonna uh, say, I'm just going to say for Joel's case, because Belgium and Finland are playing in five minutes, and we wanted to do this before that. So you, you are free to, to switch uh, medium at, at any time, I yeah, guess. Yeah, we'll do so soon. I will do probably going to be the last game for us in the Euros for this time and for the next 130 years, I guess. But uh, so I intend to, <laughs> to is enjoy it. Is it that bleak? Yeah, it was the last, you know, <laughs> this is the first time we qualify for anything in football ah. ever. I only, I only like local football, actually. I, I, I think they, they play worse, so it's more fun yeah, for me to watch. I don't like <laughs> watching the Finnish pros. football is like local football. It's the same. That's true. <laughs> Finnish and Swedish team. <laughs> as long as the playing is a bit sloppy, I can yeah. enjoy football. Yeah. Well, yeah. And club, I prefer club football also, that rather than nation. Because what's the significance of the Swedish national team, really? Who are they even? Yeah, well, it's, you know... I don't know. Country football, it's, it's like... It's what it is. Yeah, it's the same yeah, pride it's, it's, as... as people in Sweden show to Maiden in Unlevi. And just imagine, you know, next yeah. summer when that it will happen. Mark my words. True, I, true. Took my, I took my vaccination just a I couple mean, of yeah, days yeah. ago. So I will be a there. A year from now, right? And just imagine the welcome that the people of Gothenburg mm. and all of Sweden and Nordics oh, yeah. is going to oh, yeah. give Maiden. So in that sense, I can equal that to, to watching football because, you know, finally we welcome you back home yeah. and we want to yeah, especially yeah. with the exactly. Gothenburg crowd that has kind of is it even like an international phenomenon to to sort uh, of be it's better than the Stockholm crowd I can say as a Stockholmer it, the Gothenburg crowd is better yeah but would you say that louder. you know especially like Blood Brothers and stuff you need to get that kind of it, it's almost like a people outside of, of Sweden know about that Ullevi feeling they as should, well. I guess. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think uh, 2005 is, is recorded, right? By, we didn't mention that, but that's another reason that they have a good stronghold up here is that uh, Swedish radio did quite a bit of recordings, oh, yeah. mm. professional recordings of their... And I guess uh, even Finnish Ule did that too. Yeah, they, they, they live broadcast at the early days tour in, I think it was in, in all the Nordic countries, actually, on yes. like yeah, state the, the, the SR. Yeah. On mm. television, which is like Insane. Yeah, they plugged into their boxes. I mean, mm. yeah. So that was broadcasted for the whole Nordic region, and that's a, maybe a good finishing spot for this little midsummer massacre talking session yeah. at 2005, because that really kind of everyone listening can go look it up and probably have the early days set from 2005 and how good uh, the crowd is mm. in that one. You know, look at Phantom of the Opera. There's not people waiting for the trooper during that one. No, or waiting for not. Run to the Hills. Mm. They're completely into it, and uh, that's one of those teary-eyed moments for me when I watch Phantom from that gig mm, yeah, yeah. and he, he's he's doing the rally up with uh, where Iron fucking made and we're coming to fucking get you in the middle and yeah it's hard for me to watch without getting a little emotional there a good capture of of uh, Maiden in in Nordic context
I just want to say quickly, uh, I had a little bit of a glimmer of hope on the way home. I was on my phone, I was on Instagram, and I saw Foo Fighters played the other day at Madison Square Garden, at Capa you know, a full Madison Square Garden. So arena gigs are happening again. That made me just, yeah, that made me so happy just to see that. Huh. A full one, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It might not have been, I mean, it might have been some kind of uh, adjustment. Less tickets, perhaps. Like less tickets. Maybe, but I mean, it, it was still, if you look at the pictures, you wouldn't know it. It looks just like it would, huh. you know, so that made me very happy. Well, then it's on again. It I is guess. on again. It will be. Yeah. It'll be interesting to be a Maiden fan over the coming year or two. Things could happen. Yeah. It's always interesting. That's true. It's always, that's one of the things about the band, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting. It's, it's almost too interesting again. Yeah. Endless well. Indeed. <laughs> Embarrassment of riches. Less pit. <laughs> since yeah. it, since it is endless, we indeed will have to have you will back again at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, f for transparency, we had a song planned already, but it's too far into the alphabet. And then I asked, uh, maybe you should come on for oh, something. Yeah. What could we do? And then, okay, maybe Nordic a little bit. And it fits with the midsummer thematic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, anything from X Factor, if you want to have a bit of a beating. Yeah. Then we can do it that would be too. fun to get that, you know, one one song that is totally not for yeah. you and one that is completely for you. We can do we that. Should, we, should get, we should get Arke on the same time. We'll like find one that he really likes and do it like a verse. <laughs> yeah, we have one of those coming up, but yeah. in that one I will be the critique. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Well, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much for having me. Yeah, glad me summer. Glad me summer. Glad me summer. And do you want to say the other thing? The other thing that we usually say it goes something like up the irons. The squad from the north. <laughs>